Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, We are continuing our walk through the Gospel of Luke this morning, coming right after Mary goes down to visit Elizabeth, where we see Mary sing a song of praise to God, our Heavenly Father. And, And so much of what Zachariah says is an echo of what Mary said in her prayer. And we see something amazing happening as as the punishment is kind of over for Zechariah. And what is his response when he sees what God does? Because if we're going to understand one thing about God from his word this week, it's that God keeps his promises always, even when there's a punishment. Because we've got to go back a few weeks to Luke Chapter 1, verse 20, when the angel says to Zechariah, Behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until that day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. So I want you to think about this. You're Zechariah. You go home. uh, You conceive a child, which is impossible, or so you thought, and you can't tell anyone. And, and the days turn into weeks, and the weeks turn into months, and nine months later, the baby is born, and you can't tell anyone. Did you know that Zachariah did not update his Facebook status at all? <laughs> he did not tweet about it. He did not post to his gram. Like, there were no announcements that Zechariah made concerning the birth of his son. He was silent. And, and you've got to wonder, as, as you're Zechariah, you've kind of been thinking a lot lately. If I had just believed what God had said, if I would have just believed the promises of God to be true, maybe I would be able to speak. Reminds me, of something I was taught when I was a a vicar, an intern a a few years ago. I was uh, in school and they send you to a congregation in order to learn about being a pastor while not being the pastor. So if you ever do something wrong or if someone comes up to you with a complaint or uh, an issue that they have, you, you just have to say, well, I'm just a vicar. Let's go talk to the pastor. And, and it's great because you, you really have no responsibility. You just, you just say, hey, let's, let's go talk to the man in charge. And it was interesting, as I'm learning how to be a pastor, maybe you know that, that if I was punished like Zachariah and unable to speak, that would be a fierce punishment for me. So we're sitting uh, in a council meeting, and we get to the finish of the meeting, and, and everybody's going home, and, and my supervisor, Pastor Mark pulls me back. He says, Matt, come here. Come here. And I said, okay, what's, yeah, what's up? And he says, I've got two words for you. Thought bubbles. I said, huh? He said, you, you've read comics, right? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I, I'll, I'll read the Sunday funnies. I'll, I'll see things that are posted online occasionally here, there. And he says, you know, there's a difference between speech bubbles And thought bubbles. You need more thought bubbles. (laughs) Right? But imagine this. Imagine having a baby and not being able to tell anyone. This was Zachariah. And even after the baby is born, it's the eighth day. 
They take the baby to the temple to be circumcised, as is the demand of the law. And they would have called him Zechariah, right? Because your father is a priest. That's a noble profession. So you're going to be Zechariah Jr., right? It's the normal expected thing. But his mom answered, no, stop. He shall be called John. And this is just confusing at this point. Because no one in the family is named John. Where'd this John come from? God. And they all turn. They asked Zachariah. They were so confused, they asked the man who could not speak for a different answer. What, what's he going to say to you? No, nothing. So they, they made signs to the father. What do you want the baby to be called? And he asks for a writing tablet, the first iPad. And, and he, he writes, his name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately, Zachariah's mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed. And he spoke, blessing God. His punishment is over. It's time to rejoice. Right? If you had been bottled up, unable to speak for nine months, and yet you now recognize that God, our God, is a God who keeps his promises, you wouldn't be able to hold it in. You'd have to, you'd have to shout and scream. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied. And so you think, this is the third person in this family who's been filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a Holy Spirit-filled family. The son from the very womb was filled with the Spirit. So that when Jesus entered the room while still in Mary's belly, John leaped inside of Elizabeth. And when he did that, Elizabeth herself was filled with the Holy Spirit. And now, Zechariah, the dad, prophesying and proclaiming the great truth of God's love. And Zechariah's song really tells of God's covenantal salvation in two parts. So covenant being God's promises for you and me. The promise of what God has done in the past, all this is true. And then also what God will do in the future. He says, blessed be the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people and raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. To show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The word here in the Greek Diatheke, covenant, is only used here in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and at the Lord's Supper. The connection of remembrance being one that God wants us to hold in our hearts. It's why when Pastor Dan, in a few minutes from now, shares the words that Christ shares on the night he was betrayed, said, do this in remembrance of me. Because if all that God has said is true, then all of what God says about our future is also true. Jesus himself said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. 
Jesus wants us to remember all that God has done. We're not celebrating anything new this Christmas. We're celebrating something ancient, but also something true, something that is as valid today as it was when Jesus lay in the manger surrounded by hay. The the writer of Hebrews gives us a deep understanding of God's covenant. All throughout the letter of Hebrews, he writes over and over again of what it means to be a part of God's covenant like we are. In chapter 8, the writer says, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better since it was enacted on better promises. Now, there's something amazing about today as we stand here in worship and praise of our God, being God's covenant people. And, and I'm thankful that Pastor Dan and I, we don't have to do what Zachariah would have had to do. Because I don't, I don't see any of you as I look out there with uh, bulls or goats or lambs or doves. And you're not bringing them uh, to church today in order to be sacrificed. And, and really, we're not probably equipped for that anyways. That would probably go against several health codes. But the covenant in the past said that if you sinned, you had to bring your sacrifice to the Lord. But the promise, which is better in Jesus, is that when you confess your sins, you are forgiven. Which is why, having already confessed our sins this morning, there is nothing that stands between you and salvation, which has been won for you by Jesus. The writer continues a few chapters later that the Holy Spirit bears witness for us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Zechariah didn't believe the words of God that the angel told him. And he had nine long months to think about that. Is there a sin in your life that you're holding on to? That you just can't let go of? you're, You're feeling so guilty and so broken. The sins that you cannot forget, God cannot remember. Elsewhere in scripture, God tells us, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your sin from you. And the promises of God are true for you. The writer of Hebrews continues, he says, let us hold fast to this confession of hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. 
In a much shorter way, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians says, all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Every promise God has made to you is true because of Jesus. There's nothing you could ever do that would make him love you any less. Because all of the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Something pretty amazing happens in our text today. And, and this is the beginning of a new era of salvation. John would be the last of the Old Testament prophets pointing to Jesus, pointing to the fulfillment of God's promises. His father even speaks over him. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. And the the text tells us, Luke writes for us, what happens to this child. The child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Now, we do not know much about John's upbringing, but if we take this seriously, that means that he spends 30 years in the wilderness. 30 years contemplating what God would have him do to proclaim Jesus. Are you in a period of wilderness right now? Longing to accomplish a significant work? John was part of a faith-filled family with mother and father. But I want to encourage you this morning. We are a Holy Spirit-filled family as well. In your baptism, when you were washed by the water and the word, don't you know that the Spirit entered in you? to give you faith, to give you hope, to give you life, and to give you love. Don't you know that you are a dwelling place for God? And so just as John would proclaim the great truth of God's love in Jesus, so we proclaim what John proclaimed. And be encouraged, especially as we walk toward Christmas, that it's all about Jesus. God's love for you is true. God's love for you is eternal. It has no beginning. It has no end. It's found forever for you in Jesus. And this is why Luke writes his gospel. As we said in week one, that you might have certainty concerning the things you were taught. And it's my prayer for you that as you go about your celebrations in the coming days, that you would be a herald, that you would proclaim what John will proclaim. That Jesus is here. That Jesus is love. And Jesus is for you. Pray with me. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have sent your son Jesus to earth, and we give you thanks for the prophet John who proclaims your promises to be true. Lord, give us your word that we might proclaim with love what is true in our lives and in the lives of all who would call on you. Help us this day as we share your love with our family, our friends, and everyone we meet. 
This we pray through the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.